0: I want to know everything
1: there is to know about you. I am going
0: to introduce you. You must have spotted her by now. She's always there.
1: Don't Hello. I deserve love? Somebody has to like me best. Hello, and welcome to the Don't Know Her podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Scott. We may sound a bit more sniffly than usual. Yeah, a bit heady. Um, but. With this kind of colder weather and this flu y stuff, which touch wood is not COVID, we also get Halloween. <laughs> <Wee-hoo>! <laughs> so, we thought, you know, when we sat down and we were planning um, who we would talk about, we should focus on for the next two episodes people that bring Halloween vividly to mind. And our first choice is kathy najimi who i would imagine most people will know from hocus pocus oh sure which is nearly like the definition of a halloween movie if yeah. it wasn't for other films that are literally called halloween <laughs> <Probably take it. laughs> Um where she plays a witch we'll talk about that of course um, and why she's fantastic in it but also sister act is a bit of a Halloweeny, costumey vibe to me. Sure,
0: yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> I think I think costumes and dress up when I think Kathy and Jimmy. So, yeah, she's applicable beyond her her presence in Hocus Pocus and some other horror films, which I did not sit and watch, like Bride of Chucky. But yeah, she's a Halloween gal.
1: And Rat Race is a real like
0: scare fest. <laughs> <laughs> it is shocking. Anyone,
1: anyone with a moral compass surely would be scared shitless by uh, rabbis um so yeah um yeah I'm just so excited to talk about her she was on our list again like loads of these people like when we first put it together she seems to be like the epitome of someone who is is successful in her own right you know she's in Sister Act, Sister Act 2, Hooks Pocus culturally people recognize her and know who she is but like where are the roles like where are the film roles and in this case like where are even the tv roles or the stage roles like she's had successes but like it's not very uh, prolific
0: no it's patchy and even in these films which we are going to probably focus on most through this episode again i was like oh she's she's underused underserved even in these films where she's wonderful to watch but is is still underserved Annoying. Annoying, annoying, annoying.
1: But what we will say is Kathy is never annoying. She's a a wonderful screen presence, and I'm so excited to talk about it.
0: Me too. But why don't I jump in and give us a little Kathy Jimmy rundown aruni? rooney So, Kathy was born on the 6th of February, 1957, in San Diego, California. Um, Her parents are Lebanese-American, which makes her... Extra cool. Uh, Najimi's performing career took off in 1986 when her and Mo Gaffney's comedy play, The Kathy and Mo Show, came into being, uh, which spurned three kind of long-term New York runs in the theatre, uh, and then from that generating two HBO specials as well. Najimi's film career took off in the early 90s with smaller roles in films like The Fisher King and Soapdish. Dish. Um, with 1992's comedy gem sister act, providing her first major role, or major-ish role, as Sister Mary Patrick, which she would then reprise in the 1993 sequel, Back in the Habit. She also starred in other big hair family-type comedies like, of course, Focus Pocus, and Rat Race, as we've mentioned, um, most recently, I guess Najimi can be heard in the likes of Disney Pixar's Wally, along with a lot of other animated TV shows and films. Um, she's done quite a bit with Disney. Um, she was also recently in Netflix's 2018 film Dumpling. Um, her TV career has been fairly fruitful in that she has had quite a lot of recurring roles and things. She was in Ellen, HBO's Veep in The Big Sea. She's the voice of Peggy Hill in King of the Hill, which I didn't actually clock until I was uh, reading up on her for this, but I did watch yeah, King of the Hill sounds, back in the day.
1: Yeah, sounds like it paid for um, quite a bit of her life. Like, I mean, her mortgage. She's sure. Being like, this is the best thing she's ever
0: done. Oh, good on her. And it's a it's a really cool one, King of the Hill, actually, because I would have never clocked it because she sounds she is playing a like character, like she's doing mm. a, a, a big accent, so. I would have never known it to be her. Um, but yeah, and then beyond that, I guess a lot more sort of guest-type roles. with have the likes of Desperate Housewives, That's So Raven, and Ugly Betty, just to name a few of those. Um, and like you were saying, there is some theatre work, not a huge amount. She did do um, a version of the Vagina monologues for a special event, I think it was... Gosh, I can't remember what it's for, but she she was in a version of the Vagina Monologues. Um, she was in a stage play called Dirty Blonde, uh, where she played Mae West as well. Um, but I guess kind of most importantly for her, beyond her acting career, uh, is her activism. Kathy Jimmy is a very prolific activist, kind of covering a huge amount of ground on that, known for travelling throughout the United States, speaking on a variety of topics. I mean equal rights, LGBT rights, AIDS awareness, um, along with so many other things, feminism, equality and gender, I- pretty much everything. She worked with PETA for a long time as well on a few occasions. Um, so she is a through and through activist and all in all, a very busy woman. But why don't we dive on in and and talk a little bit about some of the films we most enjoy, or perhaps not so much from kathy's career
1: yeah i mean where should we start i guess sister act is it, because that the is launching the
0: launching pad yeah, yeah
1: it's such a big moment for her nominated for an mtv break breakthrough award was she oh i didn't know that that's lovely she was beaten by marissa Tomei and my cousin vinny which was uh a big okay. moment too. went on to sure. so beaten by an oscar winner is yeah. um yeah yeah Um, As well as nominated against Halle Berry in Boomerang, Whitney Houston in The Bodyguard, and Rosie O'Donnell in A League of Their Own. So that is a 5 sum that I'd love to be partying (laughs) with. I was going to say in bed with. I'm not sure that's appropriate. Um, Dance with. (laughs) Maybe. Do anything with.
0: For some light
1: chit-chat. For light chit-chat. Uh, Pillow talk. Um, She's just wonderful. And Well, let's talk about Sister Act, the first one. like, It's such... It's like, it's such a good film. Like, I just am so taken by it.
0: Yeah, it's a great time. the
1: setup of it. Like, it's this, you know, it was written and developed for Bette Midler. So Whoopi Goldberg, despite not being like the best singer, it doesn't matter. Like, it really does not matter. Like, it clearly was written for someone that can belt a number and Whoopi cannot in the same way as a Bette Midler. But Whoopi has so much charisma in this role and that the whole structure is really her versus tradition, which is Maggie Smith. So it's Maggie Smith versus Whoopi Goldberg. And then you yeah. have these, these delightful, like supporting performances, including Cassina Jimmy, who is just always chirpy and like cynical Whoopi Goldberg is um, a sister Mary Clarence is just like, what is going on? Are you always this cheerful? Am I? Alright, mm-hmm. I am. I know it. I can't help it. I've always been upbeat, optimistic, perky. Even as a child, my mother used to say that girl is pure sunshine. She'll either grow up to be a nun or a stewardess. Coffee? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's such a time, and uh, I, I I would be shocked if anyone said they didn't love or at least really really like Sister Act. It's just. It's just, yeah, so much fun. It's such a good time. And she's having a great time. They're all having a great time. I can't imagine it wasn't an absolute hoot to work on as well.
1: Oh, you'd hope so and imagine so. And even just that bar scene. So Whoopi Goldberg is like, she is, you know, this. And so people who do not know what Sister Act is, she is this wannabe, like big kind of, Mo- uh, club singer—is mm-hmm. that how you describe yes, her? Yes. Yeah. She, she, she's doing decently enough, but she's going out with a mob boss, and witnesses something she shouldn't, so has to go undercover. And they decide where would they never look for this uh, Dolores um, Van Cartier
0: <laughs> because she
1: is so like so not so what's the word? She's not religious. She's not pristine. She's not virtuous. So let's make her a nun and let's put her under the like the um governess of uh maggie Smith, who is very strict but then like all these nuns it's a tight ship like Whoopi sits down like in the first day and says what does she say like the food isn't to her liking and maggie's like out get out of there there you go you're on a fast um <laughs> it's just all very like, it's very clear and really well set up and staged for them to have this like change within Whoopi Goldberg, which is also reflected in the convent itself in that, you know, they want to be, they want to do something and they want to spread love and they want people to share the voice of God and all their beliefs, but they have no vessel to do that. People are disenchanted with the church. So Whoopi, teaches them music and they get to sing these great songs like I, I, that is how like and why I guess this track really resonates with people like I will follow him becoming yeah. a gospel song my yeah. guy turning into my God all these wonderful songs um, that they do and Whoopi in kind of in exchange kind of learns what, what is the meaning of life like maybe going out with a gangster boss wasn't the best thing to be doing it's just lovely and it's just so much fun and then the like oh yeah so they're they're very impressive singers so there's no way this would like it's not based in reality but what a joy and even Maggie Smith is uh turned to and that's when you know there we go like it's the magic of um movies that all these people come together and make their lives better
0: Yeah, it is just such a joy. So it's no surprise um, that Whoopi Goldberg went on to produce the stage musical of it following, well, quite a long time after, probably a good 15-plus years, maybe more than that, after the film came out. Whoopi Goldberg took it to the stage, starred in it herself a few times again, um, which is just lovely. But it is just so much fun. Kathy Jimmy is... It's such a joy in this. Um, she's She's got a real sort of bashful, boisterous sweetness. It's just really irresistible. Oh, she's just such a ball of energy. Kathy and Jimmy always, in sort of these, the most prolific films that we're going to talk about, there is a real cartoonishness, and they really exploit this sort of cartoonish sensibility she has. And this is no exception here. It is very broad, but in this case, it's just filled with such love. You can just tell that uh, she's bringing such decency to this character. It's lovely. It's so endearing. It's just the most endearing thing. Uh, and I'm not surprised that she won, I think it was an American Comedy Award for it, for Best or Funniest Supporting Actress. Um, she, she brings so much to this um, and compliments the, the cast very well. I mean, the cast here is great, but she, she brings a, a, a lovely light charm
1: yeah and i and i will say so the sequel which i had not watched since i was a kid um and rewatched for this the sequel sh- Whoopi brings all of that again to this sequel, yes yes and the sequel has so much going for it much more nearly than the first one in terms mm. of the music and so you know the second one <clears throat> um starts with Dolores as a success now as her real self not as a nun and the nuns now working in a school ask her to come and help come back um and for no real reason she says yes Maggie does give her like a heartfelt speech and all this but it, it this is where this is this is the structure of the film is a bit or the exposition of this is just not very well developed. Um, and then Whoopi's kind of lost. And then it's supposed to be like a surprise that she's going to turn this class into like these, this, these great musical performers and go and kind of do the same as the first one yeah. and bring them to a competition. But God, like a bud and this is a huge but. and why like my heart like literally nearly sings with the film. What the you know this this is a basically deprived area it's like urban city like all these kids like you have like lauren hills in there jennifer love hewitt you're one from can um from the brady bunch movie who's in love with Marsha i forget her name um anyway all these kind of these people who are disenchanted with the system and are about to be fucked over because um james corbin is that his name james <laughs> Corbin
0: Corden, that's why I'm saying the wrong No, name. no that's thingy. That's James Corden's the talk show. Who's seen it in it? No, but James, James Colburn, Col-
1: thank God, James Corbin. What, Corden wasn't in it. <laughs> this is it's my he's in everything. Get step <laughs> Yeah, he away. would be
0: if it was me now. He'd definitely be there.
1: Well, if there's a sister act three, we'll be seeing James Corden. Um, sadly, um, sorry, James Colburn wants to sell the school. He wants to close it to make money for capitalism. He's already wealthy. He doesn't need any more money, but he doesn't give a fuck about these kids. And Whoopi comes in, and again, the nuns have all this passion for the kids, but she's able to like help them and support them. And there is something really moving and actually quite special for a film from 1993 about a black woman coming into this this scenario and making the, making these young people's lives better. Yeah. And it's like, the, the, the young cast in it are so talented. And also, you know, as much as a film from 93 would reflect that sort of inner city urban life uh, or society as well as it could. Like, I'm trying to, like, can you imagine, like, the worst case scenario of that would be horrific. Yeah. And when you do get to... Get to see this cast like sing, which it obviously includes like Lauren Hill. Yeah, yeah
0: she's it's good in this.
1: What a joy! Like it's just so, so good. And there's a whole thing with Lauren Hill. So like, this was before Lauren Hill became Lauren Hill from the Fujis and herself. Yeah, yeah. But her mother's worried about her. She needs to get a proper job. And again, this was stuff we've seen again and again and again. But it's totally believable and doubly so for where uh, Lauren Hill's from. like how many people like because the system is fucked over and the likelihood of succeeding in this structure is so low that they'll turn to something like uh, singing or all what's whatever. And then um, the mother played by Cheryl Lee Ralph, um you know, we get to know a bit more about her than you might a stereotypical sort of mother. Even though it is still not great. Um, and Lauren Hill is able to, you know, in this kind of discussion, Lauren Hill finds her voice, <laughs> both in the literal and a metaphorical <laughs> sense. And I don't know, there's just wonderful. There was a scene with these like three black women in it. And I was like, oh, this is, this is just, this is still surprising that this would happen in a mainstream Hollywood movie.
0: Yeah, it, exactly that. I think that's. It's both the the film's um strength and weakness. I think it's fairly uninspired, but I do like the the flipping of it. I mean, this essentially is a white savior movie, but because you have a black character, Whoopi Goldberg, at the helm of it, it, it takes that weight and, and then it's, you know, far more palatable than it would have been otherwise. But I say uninspired in that it does still follow those very Trodden, uh beats that that we have sort of seen many times before. It is there are there are real delights in it, and it's a delight to kind of be back with these characters anyway, Kathy included, even though she's she's not there nearly as as much as we got in the first one. Um, but it, uh, I don't know. I guess it leans more into sentimentality and loses loses where its strength was in the humor and delightfulness of the first one, I think it's a bit schmaltzier the second time round.
1: For sure. And it doesn't really like this could have been a movie starring Whoopi Goldberg, becoming a teacher. It it did not need the nuns. It did not need the sisters. That's I think. What very I, true. And and the when they try and utilize the cast in a similar way, like Cassie and Jimmy's used as kind of sometimes as kind of like a, a bit of a laugh but it doesn't always doesn't it just doesn't work the same way because they're they're sidelined now it does work and I did find it hilarious were watching it about Kathy being a sex education teacher like a nun teaching kids about sex to me is is wonderful and she delivers that sequence very well mm-hmm Today we're gonna to learn a valuable lesson and maybe have a little fun doing it. Yeah, right. The topic for today, promiscuity. Promiscuity. Who can tell me what that means? Sandra. Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> I Sandra, I know you have a question burning inside there. You can't ask her any questions about sex. Oh, don't be so sure. You don't have to bite the donut to know it's sweet. Huh? <laughs> but yeah, it's overall it's it's just a bit. I, I, so I hear what, exactly what you're saying, but I guess my, like, and I I swoon for the sentiment, I also swoon that yeah, they have could. taken whoever, like the director, um, Bill, who is Bill, Bill Duke, an African-American man, they must, I feel like the team must have been aware of what they were doing to, to be like, well, fuck, you know, Um. oh my God, what's the Michelle Pfeiffer one that I cannot think of? Dangerous
0: like Minds. Can yeah, Dangerous yeah. Minds,
1: like, Fuck dangerous minds! Fuck these sorts of movies. We're going to take ownership of it, and we're going to do it in a sequel of a movie, which is kind of like almost like tricking people to see in this film. Which is a bit of a shame because it's 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 it would have been better if they just focused on a different story. But arguably, maybe people wouldn't go to see it. I don't no, know.
0: It's a good point, and yeah, I guess there's all these rumblings of the third one. But I mean, well, Kathy and Jimmy's tied to a lot of rumbling sequels that seem to have been around for a long time. But uh, you mean the Wedding Planner too? The we- of course, the Wedding Planner too. Um that's, that's Ben Affleck.
1: Oh my God, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez should come back, oh and then God. Matthew McConaughey's like, what? And it'll be about Ben Affleck being the wedding planner.
0: Oh, anyway, there we go. I've only got- it's come up there. <laughs> there we go. Then we'll add that to the list of um, Kathy and Jimmy's sequels we're waiting for. Um. yeah it's good to, it's, it is good to be back with them it's good they are a fun bunch Whoopi Goldberg is incredibly charismatic in these films holy shit so I mean it's very easy to get swept up in it regardless yes,
1: so easy and um, I just want to like shout out the two other people because I'm not sure we'll do episodes of them alone but um, Wendy McKenna who plays Sister Mary Robert is wonderful and um, it's Andrea Robinson is her singing voice, I should say, but she plays, like, mousy one. Right. Um, And then Mary Wicks, who plays Sister Mary Lazarus, is amazing. I went to rewatch Now Voyager... The Betty Davis movie from like the nineteen forties, and there she was as a nurse to her um, wow. Betty Davis mother.
0: That's she also amazing. voices
1: one of the gargoyles in *Hunchback of Notre Dame*. Mary right. Wicks is amazing and deserves so much more praise. Maybe she is someone will do, but yeah, it, that's it's a like, fun idea. If the trio, the trio really like Kathy, Mary, and Wendy, that are just such a delight. And in both of them, as much as they can be in the second, but what a what a bunch.
0: Yeah, like, they so are great. So well
1: cast, so well cast. But it is Kathy that like lingers in my memory of it because of her joy. She has such sheer yeah, joy.
0: She does. She really does. It is. It's the same for me. Beyond Whoopi, it is um, Kathy's. Yes, unforgettable.
1: So unforgettable, shall we say? Like Hocus Pocus, is like I don't know if it's like our generation or 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 what. But it feels like Hocus Pocus is forever like a main staple of halloween for like oh, western gosh. western culture now
0: yeah big time big time and and a film which obviously vastly exceeded the initial expectations when they put it together it's it's lived on triumphantly for for many it will be one that is visited every single year by Yeah people. like
1: the, it's so strange when you you read and they're like oh it was a flop when it first came out but now like yeah I, you it is like, as as successful as any kind of family
0: Halloween movie. Yeah. I mean, you could have called it, based on that initial um lack of success, you would suggest it as a cult movie. But it feels way beyond that, even. It, you, you almost can't call it a cult movie, because the following for it is so large now. No,
1: it also seems like an oxymoron to say, like, Disney cult <laughs> yeah, movie. But, exactly. But, um, Very good point. But no, what a delight. Like, so the Sanderson sisters... Who, who wouldn't want to join these this gang exactly. are witches that um, in short are brought back to life because a virgin lights a candle and they need to sacrifice children to stay alive, stay youthful, and um, they have a great time doing it. And they are such a hoot. They are, you know, you can't really kill them. Only the sun sunrise will kill them. So, it's, it's great to see the kids. Um, or kids. Oh, my God. When I first <laughs> saw it, they seemed so old. Like, the oh, older ones. I now know. I watch it, I'm like, God, they're young. Yeah. Um, but it's really great to see. Them. The more you watch it, like, now I laugh so hard at the lines of dialogue. Like, like one of the first lines the sisters have when they're initially brought back. And um, I forget what Sarah just Park said. like, oh, we're sexy. We're whatever. and Jimmy says...
0: We're young. Well, younger. But it's a (laughs) star. And I'm
1: like, oh, the older I get, the more this resonates. And I probably didn't clock it as much as a child. Um, It's great.
0: Oh, it is. And I mean, just Hocus Pocus comes just after Sister Act in the same same year as Sister Act 2 as well, 1993. So this was a big, big surging moment in the early 90s for her. But this is the one, when I was talking about sort of caricature and, and how she's known, I think this is the most distilled and intense version of that. She's kind of gurning and, <laughs> and it, is, it is wild. All of them are wild. What I respect so much about this film is the willingness to have just fully gone for it. Normally when you'd have these three characters together one of them would have to be more subdued to allow, like maybe one or two of them to be bigger, or maybe even like just one of them being big and two of them being more subdued characters. Fuck no! In Hocus Pocus, all three of them—Bet Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and of course Kathy Jimmy, they are they are dialed up to the max, and they are bringing their most cartoony nonsense fun. But it is just so much fun. Like immediately goofy. goofy, 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 goofy. Kathy and Jimmy is doing it, and when you're trying to compete on those terms with Bette Midler, holy shit, that's a lot to go for. But heck, she by by giving it her all and then some. She does. They're, they are so much fun together. And hats off to Sarah Jessica Parker for being a, an absolute blast in a way that we never see again, really. Exactly. Well, well I'd argue the first wife Club is also similar. Oh, sure. Um, good, point, good point. Good point. But,
1: but, but, but uh, no, you're right. They, the three of those uh, actors complement each other so well. Like, it's such a fun. <sighs> it's just such a delight. Um, yeah. I was reading in an interview. Catherine Jimmy was talking about them, like kind of being like drag queens, like being personified Oh, sure, like men but yeah. extreme. Which, when watching it, you know, it again for this is like,
0: makes yeah,
1: sense. like this makes total sense. It's also like as goofy and all this as it is, and entertaining. You know. Sh- Kathy, in particular, she's sniffing children to kill. Like there are, like you know, like she can sense the children being nearby, and they use the word "sniff," and she's like, she's like literally like sniffing the floor. Yeah. There's um, jokes with like Thor Birch as a kid about killing her. You know, yeah. it's it's not the it's not very light, um, which is good. I think it's. I just think it's so great and so has so much personality. I, it I'm has really, so much. Yeah, yeah, and Kathy is just really fun like oh, there's so many really wonderful moments like they're you know because there's a fish out of water comedy too they don't understand um of the 90s uh, america so they're just getting used to things so there's a whole thing where she's watching tv in a house in the house that they believe is Satan, satan's house but it's just a man dressed <laughs> as satan and and she's like watching a, an advert with a child in a stroller and it's just like her mind is blown. I just, and I love it. The the physical comedy is so so good.
0: Yeah, it's off the walls, big. If you like big broad comedy, I mean, that's so much fun. It's just it is delightful. Um, but what I loved about it, and like again, so this is the other one. This is something that has been uh, the heaviest rumored sequel is on its way for a long long time. I think this one is on its way. Um, but even still, it, it seems to come and go in terms of whether they're doing it or not. And they are still a bit cagey about answering that question of whether it is happening or not. Um, but I was watching an interview with her quite recently where they were trying to probe into this and she she didn't fully answer, but she said, had said that they were having conversations about it and that kind of with yeah. Bette Midler on the scene it was it's irresistible to her because Bette Midler is pretty much the biggest inspiration on in her whole life. She says kind of half of me is because of Bette Midler. Aww. And I love that.
1: She's a gay man underneath it all. But... He definitely um, is. <laughs> um, I think the sequel, like I'm pretty certain they're really gunning for next Halloween. Like I think they're think trying so? to like get it. But I mean, I this is just from reading about it, but <clears throat> as you say, they could delay it for a year. Sure. The slate of releases now with Disney plus, I feel like even if they weren't happy with it, that going into cinemas, they'd put it on streaming
0: or do whatever. Blended. Release. No, I, I mean, think you but... are right enough. Actually, it is. It is apparently now in pre-production, and there is a poster for it, so it must be happening. It's happening. So, oh, no, that's, what that's to
1: me and the rest it. of the Cassie fan club made that. Poster. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. You can't necessarily trust what you see on the internet, but <sighs> it looks to be legit. So, wow. Well, I'm. I'm there. Consider my ticket purchased.
1: Yeah, it's like, like, I feel like anyone that hasn't seen Hocus Pocus, there must be a reason, like, there must be a reason to avoid such a film, but (laughs) please go and watch it, like, it is really, really fun, Um, unless you don't like, I can try to think, what would be the type of person that doesn't like Hocus Pocus, but oh,
0: I think people um, who maybe are a little more allergic to American comedy and broad American comedy. You're talking. You're also talking to someone who,
1: during Halloween, tries his best never to watch like The Human Centipede or It. So, Hocus Pocus is an easy way out for me to not watch a gory horror movie.
0: It is actually the film I watched on Halloween last year. So, I mean, I'm spooky.
1: How original.
0: You're, breaking, Weird. you're very brave. You're I'm so the brave. only one. I'm so brave. Oh. Well, don't be
1: lighting candles, Scott. That's all I'm saying.
0: No, mm. that's very true. That'd be dangerous, um, especially for me,
1: especially for virgins. Yeah, um, but it is like shocking. It is shocking to me that Kathy Jimmy post Sister Act, Hoax Pocus, Sister Act Two doesn't have that much going on like she does obviously as you have mentioned she has some she has decent sized roles mm-hmm. you know kind of uh, supporting parts but none of it lands in the way that, of these um, initial kind of breakout roles and it, it's also frustrating because Kathy seems to be the sort of person that there's a certain personality that they're putting forward in those three movies yeah. so you know broad um, silly physical comedy light relief but she obviously can do much more um like that play that you referred to at the start um
0: Dirty Blonde
1: yeah Dirty Blonde um sat like sat like such a success and she sounds she, it's the reviews and everything about it seems like she has such range like she's playing you know different ages and different kind of states of mind and different just, just like in a very different set of circumstances throughout this one play. But instead of, like, trying to kind of diversify the type of roles she could get, she's kind of pigeonholed and then ends up, you know, the wedding planner not doing, like, just kind of being a tokenistic person. Like, all of of these, like, like hope floats. It's just so, like, with rat race, she is (laughs) the wife. Like, she's not even, like, she's kind of the light relief, but she's
0: not. Yeah, Rat Race is wild. Um, <laughs> Rat Race is wild. I remember, I remember it coming out and in it being one of those films that everyone, all like every kid, was talking about and went and saw and would be quoting like Rowan Atkinson's silly lines from it. Um, but what, it's a pile of absolute shit. It's really.
1: <laughs> so I have the same memory. Um, I remember it became this kind of. Like kind of surprise success. Um, I remember at the time and it being a big thing. But God, I don't know what I would have thought of at the time. Yeah, but it's upset. It was upsetting to watch and think like <laughs> this is what people thought was funny, and then word of mouth said to go and watch this.
0: Yeah, very strange. Um, she is. She is having. A- good time there. But yeah, she's sort of got this wife part. And even though her wife character sort of gets to wear the trousers and the relationship, it's her in... God, I can't even remember the name of the chap who plays her husband, who crops up all the time and everything. Uh, oh, John John Lovitz. John Lovitz? Lovitz? John Lovitz? Oh yeah, John Lovitz. Um, okay. Who, yeah, who I guess was doing quite a lot, certainly, at this point in time. But yeah, she she gets to be at least she's not what a woman to get walked all over she's definitely in charge and commanding and
1: okay well yeah. wait 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 well, let firstly let's describe the plot because there's a, there is a huge there's a huge plot point of which i will say even if she was all these things that is undone in such a spectacularly bad that's way that's a
0: very good point
1: um but but i agree with you that she's she, in some way she's not a doormat in some way she is in this she's a nagging wife but Rat Waste is a story of um, John Cleese owning a, a fucking um, Las Vegas casino, yeah, and saying getting all these like rich billionaires to bet on a group of people and who will be the first to get across the whatever United States to get a duffel bag full of uh, money—is it two million dollars or something? Something like that. Kathy Jimmy plays um, the wife, as you said, of. Um, John Lovitz and it John Lovitz is the character who knows about this uh, game so he, and he chooses not to tell his family but his family yeah. tag along in itself strange um absolutely strange um and they go through a lot and they talk a lot about being Jewish at the start of the film so like we know that this is going to be important and then she wants to go to a Barbie museum is it the daughter <laughs> yeah. yeah and um It turns out to be a Nazi museum
0: instead. Yeah, and full of current-day Nazis, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's lots of um, jokes, or perceived jokes, about um, Jewish people telling Nazis that they are not Jewish. You're leaving? What? (laughs) What? No, well, yes. Well, we we have a, a four thirty book burning, and then and then we have a um, uh, christening. Yes, a christening yeah. for one of our many uh, white Christian, non Jewish, uh, fr- friends, family, family Blood relatives. relatives. <laughs> the uh, Himmler, yeah. Himmler- yeah. Hessen von uh, uh, okay. thank is, you so much. Yes, lo- All love right. your dude. You right. nice. right, thank you. Okay. It's it's beautiful. We had a great time. And then they rob Hitler's car. <laughs> um, they find lots of like props in the car. Yeah, I mean, um, loads of things like this. Then they end up in like a Nazi rally. Um, He at some point has a Hitler mustache on him. But the point of which I was, I, I had to stop you is because Catherine Jimmy is the one who is wearing trousers a lot of the time. She's the one that says, we stop. We have to go to the Barbie museum. Stop. We are going with you to wherever yeah. you're going instead yeah. of saying But then he, like, drugs them. He drugs them when they say, we don't want to be... We don't want to go on this rat race anymore. We don't care about money. We want to be with you. Uh So he drugs them. And the film thinks that's fine. And the the film has some... That's one symptom of... Every storyline has something shitty like that. Cuba Gooding Jr. crashing a car full of people because um, a person dressed as Lucille Ball, he's driving a bus full of Lucille Balls, which, because of the new movie with Nicole Kidman coming out, I was just like... <laughs> and like All I could see was, like, Nicole Kidman's faces everywhere, and then there's a wig burning. It just a lot of it reminded me of Nicole. um, <laughs> Lots of wigs. Sure. But this one Lucille Balls, like, I need to go to the bathroom, and was basically confiding, saying, like, I'm nervous because I've got a penis. Like, I don't want to... like. I, I, like in many other instances, I was reading this as like this person's asking for help. And um, Cooper Gooding Junior's reaction is like, "Ooh, that's disgusting," and veers the bus into like into the uh, ditch. But by this point, even that wasn't like shocking to me. I was like, "This movie, this is just the same movie. This yeah. is just such crap.
0: Like such crap. Yeah, total crap."
1: Like, what is there any redeeming? Features about this
0: movie No, I mean Whoopi's in here as well uh, Again, but she's She's just bit nothing In it compared to What we can get from Whoopi mm.
1: She does get a scene with Kathy Bates who's trying to sell her squirrels
0: oh, yeah, And because
1: so Whoopi and her estranged daughter Who they have just met up Just before this rat race began began, um. Uh, they say no, we don't want your squirrels. So Kathy Bates tells them, "Well, you know, I'll help you. Just follow this route." But that route, of course, is um, like leads to the like the destruction of their car, and also mm. as well as a sign saying you should have bought a squirrel like on different paths. <laughs> but even that, like, I chuckled, but I thought, like,
0: oh no, it's then uh, strange. It's like, why have you turned yeah. up, Kathy, for like one scene? Ugh, no, it's not. And then at the end, they arrive... This is, It's dated as well. So they arrive at a concert at the end of the film. Uh, I won't spoil it if anyone actually does, after what we said about it, want to go and watch it. But they end up at this concert. And it's a Smash Mouth concert. And, oh, oh it's just all a bit ugh, yucky. I mean, I just now think of them playing at Donald Trump's inauguration and all that shit. Like, ugh. They're gross.
1: Oh, they're a real band. I mean, I just, I was just <laughs> like, what the fuck's happening?
0: Oh yeah, Smash Mouth. is saying All Star. That's in like Shrek and everything. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I
1: think by that point, I was so like, it was still burning in my head. Rowan Atkinson trying to get a key from a baby's nappy, and oh, saying, saying, "I've got it, I've got it" in this weird Italian kind of accent. That I was like, I, I just don't, I just don't know how drunk someone would have to be to enjoy this and accept it as humor.
0: Oh, I Um, still can't even imagine. It's so peculiarly unfunny.
1: But I bet I laughed when I was 12.
0: Oh, I'm sure I must have as well. I think I specifically did laugh a lot at Rowan Atkinson in it.
1: But that's where, like, internalized homophobia, sexism, and all that came from, too, like, comes from that sort of culture. So this is why maybe I'm so harsh in it now.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, would not recommend.
1: But it is, like, she hasn't <laughs> done, like, Rat Race, the, like, the you know, it's not even worth talking about Rat Race, really, for Cassie and Jimmy. But then it's not, there's not many other things worth talking about. Like, don't no. think she comes in as a parent of one of the kids and involved in the beauty pageant, and she's trying to stop the kid from taking part in it, but then realises that's a, you know... I have to let my daughter do her thing and even though she is a bigger girl in a beauty pageant that prioritizes um skinny young white uh, blonde women and um, she deserves a chance too and she's getting joy out of it but even in that she's not it's, it's the focus isn't on her and um, you've got like ginger Minch, the drag queen right beside her you've got jennifer anson on stage you've got danielle mcdonald who is amazing as and playing, enjoying uh, Dolly Parton, like it, you know, Kathleen DeJimmy's kind of sidelined even more so than than usual. So I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't really know what happened with her career. I, th- I... You know, I was laughing about King of the Hill, but maybe you know, Grand. Like if I had a job that was comfortable, paid well, you know, why would I not? And and she's not. She doesn't look like your average. Female movie star of the 90s, which I'm sure mm. must have counted her out of movies quickly. Um, and when we like talking about Joan Cusack, if Joan Cusack struggled to get roles of quality for her and she had bigger opportunities and had Oscar nominations and all these things before, I feel like Kathy and Jimmy would suffer the same sort of like, well, we don't have funny female roles unless they're going to be a love interest or something. And that's something Kathina Jimmy never did. Mm-hmm.
0: No, exactly. I mean, she was working a lot, but it was like you're saying, it's bit parts and things. And there's a lot of great films in here, uh, which either just we touched upon in the intro. Um, but again, she's not there, so it's just not worth the time of of kind of talking about them in the context of of her. Um, but yes, I guess lots of TV work, lots and lots of voice work, and and she. It, Is obviously a very talented voice vocal performer Um, so I'm sure she's doing just grand however it's just sad because I want to see more of her and like you're saying she had this massive boom in the early 90s and then that was it like why why on earth out the back of those films like you said sister acts and um, hocus pocus why why did we stop paying attention it's very unusual um and I guess particularly unusual, like, and his name comes up a lot, but Ryan Murphy, like, why have you not like clogged Kathina Jimmy? Well,
1: maybe maybe she has her head screwed up. Yeah, on. M- yeah, maybe um, she's like fuck that. Yeah, no, it is strange. I, I th- it's, it is the system. Like, I honestly would, Im- I would put it down to the industry not having a place for someone like Kathina Jimmy who could. In theory, play anything, but because there's a fixed perspective on what, like, what certain roles should fit or what certain characters should look like, she doesn't fit them, yeah. um, and it's really frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. Because she, there's no doubt she could do a lot more, um, and I hope I kind of hope that something will happen. You know, she's in her sixties now. Yeah. Um, who knows? Um
0: hopefully I... Ryan Murphy keeps his dirty mitts off her. <laughs> True, but it is surprising given a lot of things that that hasn't happened. But yeah, I think the right thing will turn up for her and utilise her. Because she's like different now. And I guess we can go on to this when we talk about future. Um, but there is, she's got a different energy now than when she... Kind of was at that peak in say like the early nineties or whatever, and I think it could be used really well, but don't want to leap ahead too much. In the meantime, is it time for time for fun time? Yes, it is time for fun time,
1: play time, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. Um, And I'm going to be asking you the questions, and there's going to be three rounds. And what do you want the prize to be? Is do you have something in mind? Do you want me to come up with something?
0: Um, I want to. Go to a concert um, where the three sisters from Hocus Pocus perform a medley of revamped hits like I Put a Spell on You.
1: That sounds terrific. Like they could do levitating Did and you
0: they, get it? Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, that would be great. Like they do a like the Lippa Lippa. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lippa.
1: Sorry. You know, it just came off my head. I don't know. This is probably loads yeah, of. Yeah, there's so songs. much ways
0: we could do it. So they sing witchy hits um, um, at, at a. I would like quite an intimate venue, um, maybe like a theater type space. Be a good time. Um, and we you want... come
1: in for like a little part of it and sure. do like a gospel witchy song. Yeah, she's welcome. Which, to be honest, any gospel song or Bible song is witchy, maybe, <laughs> um, says the atheist. <laughs> Okay, so are you ready? Speaking of which, round one is really quite, uh, it's a good segue into this. It's called,
0: I put a spell on you. You put emphasis on you. Was that you say Hugh or something? No. How you would normally say it. Between you or you, (laughs) I would say the same.
1: Um, Sorry to use around the world. Um, No, so I want you to name four or more People who have covered I Put a Spell on
0: You, officially. Oh, okay. I Put a Spell on You. Um, Sonique. <laughs> Thank God.
1: That's the only reason we're doing this podcast, <laughs> is to talk about Sonique <laughs> and try and get her career <laughs> off the ground again. Sonique, who is this big moment in oh, British-Irish uh, culture uh, for a bit.
0: And yeah. that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh is that that's pretty much all you want me to say otherwise um credence Clearwater revival did it um <clears throat> who else um of course oh who was it who most famously did it um well nina simone did it um yeah. who else who's the original um the original's like a famous jazz musician. Who is it? Um, I put a spell on you. It's not like Fats Dominoes. No. Mm. Gosh, it has been done a lot. Well, them. They've done it. So, Bette Midler. Um, but
1: sadly, it's not available like on Spotify and stuff. It's Bloody what? mad. Not available.
0: That's You've insane.
1: Just... I have to... You know, it's hard for me. I have to go from Spotify to my YouTube app if I need to listen to it.
0: Very, very annoying.
1: So you um, still have one more to go, and you haven't got the original person yet.
0: Who was the original? Original, original, original. Screaming G. Hawkins? No. Yeah, Screamin' G. Hawkins.
1: That. So, yeah, I'm so impressed, yeah. I can't, okay, so there is four. loads, I
0: bet like Billy Holiday and stuff did it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and then Annie Lennox recently, Marilyn Manson. Oh, of course, on the Nostalgia album, yes. Yeah, so it's a really, I mean, it's a great song um, to cover. Uh, so you passed for fine Colours um, that round, and again, Soneek, if you're listening, you do have fans out there, we're waiting. <laughs> no, she's released a new album recently. She's still making loads of music. Oh, I think she doesn't she's
0: touring. Account. Yeah, I think she literally okay. is touring, so we should probably look into going. <laughs> yeah, and people should buy
1: That should be the prize. You and Kathy and Jimmy get to go watch Cine To a concert, brilliant. Um, okay. Second round. Sequel or not? So this is inspired by... <laughs> You know, the question whether or not there is a Hocus Pocus sequel, or a third one in um, Sister Act, and I want you to tell me if these Disney films have a sequel.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, this this I hope will be an easy start to it, Bedknobs and Broomsticks.
0: Bedknobs and Broomsticks
1: does not have a sequel. Correct. There, sadly, is no sequel to Knobs and Broomsticks.
0: <laughs> The Mighty Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, that probably has at least one sequel. Yes, that um that has
1: quite a few. Um, no, it has. I think it has three. Okay. My research stopped there. The third one. Um, <laughs> Who framed Roger Rabbit?
0: Does not have a sequel.
1: Yeah, and it's a shame. Like, if you read about what was being talked about with the sequels and stuff, that would be a good one. I love that movie. It's Um, great.
0: Cool Runnings does not have a sequel.
1: No, sadly not. Cool Runnings, another, well, I haven't watched that in years, but about a Jamaican bobsleigh team. And The Parent Trap, either the Hayley Mills version with Maureen O'Hara or Lindsay Lohan. So, any sequel to any of those? No, no sequel.
0: They were just one piece.
1: B B B B B. You've done really well there, yeah. Correct. That was easy. Easy. I was yeah. Okay. So third. Third round. Final round. Stage to screen.
0: Do they exist? Oh. This one Do trips really- me up normally more.
1: Okay. So women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Did go to stage. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if I am. Um, I can agree because it was so bad. I'm not sure. <laughs> that
0: was. Was that the like that... The, the London version with like. I don't know who Tamsin was it? And like and Greg. Greg. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So when you think Spanish, do you think do you think and Greg Greek?
0: Oh, um, I'm not sure anyone. Knows. Yeah, always she she's the first person that Um, comes to my mind when i think spanish melodrama
1: um gone with the wind
0: gone with the wind oh that's interesting um i don't think so but i mean i'd imagine that would be strange for there not to be something but not that i'm aware of
1: so gone with the wind was a west end musical in 2008 directed by trevor nunn probably most famous for cats with Darius Dinesh. I don't actually know if we Dinesh, did he was he not just Darius? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh that's when my, my mind went blank. I was like, Oh my god, is he just Darius? And he played Rhett Butler. Darius is a big um kind of uh, <laughs> like what <laughs> What was he? A big a big um well, he was he was in one of the TV shows show. pop
0: idol or pops or whatever. <laughs> and he had maybe like one hit, maybe two hits, Scottish. Was it called
1: like Colorblind? Colorblind.
0: Blindness? Colorblind.
1: Um, okay, next. You
0: told me so you... you feel so good. Something like that. Oh, hi, sir. It would be so. Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, that rings a bell.
0: I'm not going to close my eyes. You're kind
1: Yeah. Okay. So, one right, one not right. The Godfather. Oh, no, correct. No, I think that probably would be a fun musical. But yeah, there isn't there isn't one Um, all about Eve. Yes, yeah, it wasn't called all about Eve. Do you
0: know what it was called? Oh sorry I keep sorry these are meant to be musical versions. I remember it being on stage very recently.
1: Oh yeah no that wasn't a musical sorry. No uh, all about Eve was called Applause and starred Lauren Bacall as um the Betty Davis part in wow. 1970 in Broadway. Yeah a part of it they go to like a gay club in it. It, it was filmed for a TV. Whoa. You can see clips of it. It's very interesting. Um so two more
0: Ghost, yes, Ghost is yeah,
1: quite successfully it seems. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Et, no. It would be so wonderful though if it It would be very
0: cute. But I would be, I would be so intrigued as to how to make that happen. But I would, I feel theater
1: is so into puppetry that there there yeah, yeah, must yeah. be some workshop going on somewhere but <laughs> musical. I hope um, so. And just to say, cause I feel, I think the, the um, sister act musical stage musical is touring like the UK and Ireland, and it is so good. Like I can, I love that show. It's good. Um, I saw it when it was touring years ago with uh, Cynthia Erivo Wow! um,
0: Oh, that's so cool.
1: And like obviously pre, um, uh, like the color purple musical, a stage musical, and Harriet and Widows, the movies and things like that. But she was so good. It's just such fun musical and so joyous. So yeah, um, I highly recommend that. So yourself and um, Kathy are going to watch (laughs) Sonique. Thank heavens for that. No, sorry, that wasn't the prize you asked for, but that is the prize you're getting. No, Those tickets it. will be delivered to you and to uh Cassie, uh very soon. Imagine they could do like she if they saw her, if Sineke saw Kathy in the audience, she'd be like, come up, we're gonna do it on I Put a Spell on You.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be such a moment. Oh, I'm welling up thinking about it.
1: And when you do that. Now we're going to talk about like, what are you going to say to her? What roles are you going to try and put like in her head right. when
0: you meet her? Yeah, this is what we need to do. Let's make it happen. Um, good question. Uh, where would I start with Kathy? So, there's for me, there's unless someone can tell me that there's dramatic roles I'm missing, there's been a severe lack of dramatic roles, and I definitely think she has her inner, has her rinner, has it in her, <laughs> but. There's, I'm I'm sure that the easy way into it, which is sort of what I was kind of leaning into when I was talking about Ryan Murphy earlier, but I, not with him, but using sort of that activism that is very much part of, of who she is, um, and a role which would be maybe about activists, I don't know specifically, but maybe like an untold story from the AIDS epidemic, or... Something about LGBT rights. I know she did that film that we watched for Nathan Lane, um, Jeff Jeffrey. Jeffrey.
1: Oh, love Jeffrey!
0: Yeah, and she's a lot of fun in that. But something more centered on on her. I can imagine her playing, a, <coughs> like a, being a key player in an activism film, and and just being. And she could sort of be what she's done before and be big, but allow more of a dramatic front than than we've gotten otherwise so i think that would be and i think something should be very keen to do like i can literally see that happening oh yeah
1: i think yeah it sounds like um from interviews and um like research that she is really motivated by making a difference and like her kind of footprint let's say or legacy because even with like um hocus pocus there was a, a thing I was reading about her being reluctant to take it because it, she was afraid uh, she was aware of um the stereotypes it would make of witchcraft and that that okay. wouldn't be correct um right. which is interesting I because I I don't I mean I read this after re-watching Hocus Pocus so uh, I'm not sure I, if I was a witch would I be offended um <laughs> how could you, you be are a those witch. three I don't think you could I am a witch I think for, like, the first thing that came to mind was, like, how do we get her in a big film again and, like, reunite with Disney and whatever? And, you know, the first role that kind of hit me has already been taken and actually taken in quite a very obvious sort of casting choice. So Ursula the Sea Witch in the live action remake of The Little Mermaid. You know, I really love Melissa McCarthy, but she is a very... It's a very kind of dull choice to cast.
0: Yeah, I part. I can't even make sense of it. I think it is a dull choice. I think it takes away from what makes Ursula the best Disney villain of all time. I just can't see Melissa McCarthy yeah delivering on that. No, I think it'd
1: be more her persona than a character, yeah. perhaps. I'm all for being surprised and loving it, but but I it just doesn't on paper seem. No, I agree. Very exciting. And um, Kathy and the gym would be amazing. But then I was like, and I'm not a huge fan of these live action remakes or whatever. But no. as they're happening, I was trying to think of who Kathy could play and who would be fun. And one of my personal favorite Disney animated films as a kid was Sword in the Stone. And wow. Madame Mim, or Mad yeah. Madame Mim. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's this like purple haired witch yeah. who can turn into different things. Um, so like dragons and all, and she also like chases Merlin around. A Kathy and a Jimmy surely would
0: be so much fun
1: in that part, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun show. That is a fun show.
1: And I, I believe, like it feels like the internet or like people, um, or maybe it's just my bubble. Like Mad Madam Mim is a is enough of a known entity to be able to have some sort of film.
0: Oh yeah, she's the kind of undersung favorite Disney villain. Um, to a lot of people, so I think there'd be a lot of um, eager viewers for a Sword in the Stone remake. Um... Directed
1: by Wes Anderson? No, that that would be <laughs> or Quentin Tarantino. I'd absolutely love if he was like, "Fuck it, do you know
0: what? I'm gonna make Mad Madam in with um, the Jimmy." Well, it's funny you should say Quentin Tarantino, because my next one was going to be Quentin Tarantino, actually, her being in a Quentin film. Because watching interviews of her recently, like I was saying about how she's changed, it's always been in her and with her activism and all of this stuff, but there's definitely a real untapped coolness. I think she just comes across as a really cool lady, and I would like that to be used, again, maybe sort of in the way that she can't, sometimes it can be a bit caricature, but not... I don't know like I, I don't know where and in what and whatever he's doing next but maybe it'd be obvious to say but like a brothel madam or things like that like a bar owning crime yeah, lord type person she it. just has a real a kind of not icy in like a and a mean um or cutting way but there is like this just this cool sharpness to her and just i can imagine her in a really nicely tailored like suit or something and and just being Um, So eye-catching, and and that just screams like she would fit into Quentin Tarantino. I I genuinely can see it working perfectly. And then from that, when I started thinking about those types of roles, I then was like, oh, but what is like Loren Scafaria doing next after Hustlers? Because she could have fit in really well in there, both for that very thing I'm describing, this coolness that she has now um, in presence, but also the the kind of comedy chops to cut through, um and and lift up these stories. So that's me. Let's let's use the cool that otherwise is not being recognised, and it's there. So come on, come on to those stylish directors to pull something fun out of the yeah. back for her.
1: Well, I was. I don't know if this goes under cool, but like. I was there's a movie I'm I absolutely love and I don't think enough people have seen called Sudden Fear which is a Joan Crawford movie where she plays a playwright or a lady playwright they make a big deal about her being a female playwright and she's successful and she doesn't cast this actor in a part and he is angry he is not happy anyway this shows her success she was right in her casting of this other person and they meet on a train accidentally we don't know anyway these they get married then this other woman played by um i should say that man's jack palance and the uh, this woman new woman turns up and played by um gloria graham and she, she has a interest in joan crawford's new man and she gets suspicious and she has this tape recorder in her room where she like she dictates her notes to herself but she leaves it on as she walks away from it and she records her husband and the new woman chatting plotting to kill Joan Crawford so the story is about like am I going mad and she I won't go into detail but somehow she loses this tape so it's just her own like version of events that she can tell people she has no proof it's just kind of a thriller but it's very well done and it's it's just a real showcase for Joan Crawford who like outside the same Mildred Pierce I think this is her at her best and I thought Cassie and Jimmy directed by Todd Haynes in like a remake of it would be really cool and stylish I also think Cassie and Jimmy because this is set in the past and I think it would still need to for lots of reasons um I feel like Cassie and Jimmy would be given automatic power in that world by being a successful playwright um, yeah. So she could be a single woman living in this big house. Um, do you know, and I want to see her in a powerful role. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a bit like he so um Todd Haynes adapted um Far From Heaven from Doug- Douglas Cirk movies, um specifically All the Heaven Allows, but like adapted it for today. So instead of you know the Rock Hudson playing the gardener, he has uh, Dennis Haysburg So it brings up race, which they couldn't bring back, uh, bring up in the sixties. So sudden fear could have more things going in, it, going on at that time. I don't know. And I just think it'd be so much fun to see her play that part. Um, because obviously it's starting with someone who's, you know, a workaholic, stressed, falls in love, is scared shitless, like then has to plot kind of a, a way out of this scenario and tries to survive. I think that would be so much fun to see her be stretched that way.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing. I'm I'm fully fully on board for that. What a lovely suggestion. Um, my final one was, uh, thinking about Greta Gerwig. I was like, I would like to see Greta Gerwig and Kathy and Jimmy together. And Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach has have this upcoming Barbie film with Margot Robbie, and nothing more is really known about it other than Margot Robbie is the lead in it. Um, but I think their sensibilities would line up beautifully. I think there could be a part in there for her, surely. I don't know to what extent it's Barbie, Barbie. I'm very intrigued for for how that's all going to come together, but I think that'd be amazing. And even like now, but Noah Baumbach, if you think about like the Meyerowitz stories or something, I think these types of films she would be a natural in and it would allow her to be more natural than we have seen her before as well. In in kind of earlier films, so yeah, that was my final little throw-in.
1: Yeah, I there's so many things like inter like a final thing, but my main my main wish is that like filmmakers think of her and producers think of her, and she just is kind of generally given meteor roles and they yeah. support it because it's a shame when you think of like films from the 40s, say the 30s in America there Would be so many great, like supporting parts. I'm thinking of people like Thelma Ritter and then Celeste Holm, uh, Ethel Barrymore. Like, like it's, you know, they're quite varied types of roles they would play, but Cassina and Jimmy could have played lots of those parts, but I don't feel like that happens anymore nowadays. Yeah,
0: um, but hopefully, and I guess just to wish that the, the, the hocus pocus. Sequel is good. I mean, it can do the exact same things as the first one did, which is likely. But as long as it's funny and a good time, I'd be delighted because then we probably will start talking about her again. I think that could be a good leaping point for her. Is if Hocus Pocus Two is a raging success.
1: Yeah, and I I certainly hope herself that Midler and Sarah Justice Parker can be as silly as they were. Oh,
0: I hope so. Yeah.
1: The other thing is, we can spend two hundred and fifty euro asking Kathy to do a cameo for us. Um, can you really? <laughs> is she on the list? Yes, yeah,
0: she's on cameo. Two hundred and fifty. Yeah, um, it's quite a spanny one, but um, that's why I'm only bringing we'll it up now, it. not
1: as the prize for your quiz. I would have made the questions
0: impossible <laughs> if we did that. Oh yeah, shit. No, you don't want to break bank too much for this.
1: But yeah, what a joy. Like, I love. The movies that watch for this, like, i was just so nostalgic. Rat Race will put to the side, yeah. But that, like, dumpling the wedding planner, which we didn't even get to, yeah, exactly. It's not really in it, which has one of my favorite meat cutes. Like, do you prioritize your life or your high heel shoe? I picked the shoe too. Jennifer Lopez picked (laughs) the right thing, yeah. Your dream man will find you that way, and you'll be saved and sold the shoe. But ugh, I just I just had such a lovely time watching the Hermit films, basically.
0: Good. Oh, that is what we want. She is always the bringer of lovely times.
1: So where can people find us, Scott?
0: Oh, sure. Let me tell you. So should you want to bring us suggestions of films that we have missed in an episode where we probably have talked about less films than we normally do, and you're like, uh, excuse me, why didn't you talk about this one? Please let us know, or if you have suggestions of who you'd like us to chat about down the line, we'd love to hear those too. You can either email us at don'tknowherpod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at don'tknowher underscore pod. And I'd like to also take this moment to encourage anyone to share us with friends, tell others about us. Uh, If you think you have someone in your life who might enjoy our ramblings on beloved actors and actresses of the big screen. Um, We appreciate all of the sharing and liking and all of that so far. So thank you so much to everyone who listens. We really do appreciate it.
1: Yes, and please do like subscribe, like, all that sort of stuff. Um... Yeah, no, I second Scott. It's very lovely to hear uh, from you guys and no people listen to us. um, Our deeply researched and really um, (laughs) well-rounded criticism of film. No, (laughs) our rambling.
0: Um, And
1: and in this episode, our coughing, um, which I will try my best to edit. Sorry. Um, But you know what? Halloween is coming! Next time we're talking about another Halloween-y. Would you say
0: queen? I would say so.
1: And we'll also be having a very special guest.
0: So lots of reasons to join us.
1: Until then, see you later, guys. Have a spooky time.
0: Bye.